Presiding Elder Hicks, will you join us? Pastor Chester, will you join me? Elder Celestine, will you join me? We want to talk about this dedication so we can talk because it's again we. But what it means to dedicate, you gave us this building. A tree appears, we don't know. Roots go down, and that's what Brother Peter said to me. Brother Henderson, Robert Henderson, had come in from East St. Louis and came here. And he saw this big, big, she says, he said, Bishop, this big, big tree, and it's got roots that's going all the way down. I thought about it. But don't act like you know everything. And then the church came up for sale. And the way we knew it was for sale is that Brother Jim Dodge, James Dodge, told us that Bishop you know that ch church is for sale because brother Schmidt George Schmidt them had, were members at the original church that was here well was two churches here but that one at the time and they said it was coming up and though we did we asked give us first choice they said we're not going to sell it the asking price on the church was $630,000 the Holy Spirit told me, he said, you can offer 450000 just short of a half million dollars. That was back in 1980. And what I did, wasn't the wisest thing, but I went in because I knew God had told me that, so I went and I told him, we'll offer you $450,000. The man said, no. So I know I needed a negotiator because I was not good at that. So I asked for some people to come in, Mr. Cerveny and Mr. Douglas. And they worked. And they did the negotiations. They were members at the First Baptist Church, deacons, and then deacons were informed men who knew how this business was run. And they said, that's what we would do, but you have to do some sweeteners to make him do it since you can't get a loan from any bank. Nobody's giving you a loan. Nobody will give you a loan, even though you say you pay for buses. They say that's a bus. Even though we had membership to sign over and say we'll give $1,000 to help didn't work so he went into negotiations the two of them and they came and they looked at the place and then they went about how it should be negotiated with our paying $20,000 you can look at the history every six months 25 and then every month 2,000 so we had to come up every month with that beside the operating expenses and because the saints had the mind no what is the scripture you're supposed to be the scripture they had the mind to work maybe you need to be at this table at the time you had the mind to work and they had the mind to work and you have the mind to work watch this for it is God who's working in you to mind his business to mind his business God who's working in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. And so I found people who could help and 
we could do that together. And they negotiated. So we came in this place. My daddy was happy, very happy. We were, well, we sat right down there on that bottom floor and saying, who do you care about? Do you care about anyone else beside yourself? I looked out in the morning rain. I saw the dewdrops on the trees, the flowers that bloomed in spring. They all meant something to me, all of that. The morning rain, new horizon. I saw the dewdrops on the tree. Remember? The early dew that waters the earth. The early dew, as the scripture talks about it. God sends that. There was a dew came from the midst of the earth and watered the earth, and the earth was sustainable. Not because there was rain, but because God sent them to. The flowers that bloom in spring, the flowers that bloom in spring, and they're blooming to tell you it's a new time, it's a new day. And the flowers indicate that the tree is fruitful and it will bear fruit. For the flowers come, then the, then the fruit. So he said, the flowers that bloom in spring, they all meant something to me. Then he compares and he says, but when I think of your love, when your love falls on me real strong, when your love falls on me, because if love is not the basis of your involvement, you're in error. Love, not that I, I always want to be this, I always want to have this, I always want this degree, I want it all. That is not. If love is not the basis of your involvement, you're in error. Because other times you're seeking to get something, and love seeks to give something. For love seeketh not its own. Love seeketh not its own. It's always looking how we can broaden it. So watch, my heart grows aflame in Jesus' name, and it happens early. For the Lord says, I will visit the land from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. So he was with us from the beginning of the day, and surely he that helped us will see us through to the end. That was what that was about. Now, there is a scripture, and it says, in Acts 1, and this one popped today, and we've come, and you have to help people because they'll forget. They'll think things are not important because they put other things, they have their own view. But what I say is you haven't lived your whole life yet. I can't tell you what Moses thought up to 80. I can't tell you what he thought from 40 to 80. You catch him 40 where he runs away from the land then you see him at 80 where God's choosing us you don't know what went on now here's a story that we all need to capture and it's the 15th verse of the first chapter of Acts for this dedication and in those days Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said the number of names together were about 120 men and brethren this scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was a guide to them that took Jesus. For he was numbered. Okay, can we just take part of this? That's 15th verse. Peter, who's their leader, who Jesus said would be the leader. What happened? Stood up in the midst of the disciples. He stood up in the midst of the disciples. Means I have the floor. Then and said, men and brethren, this scripture must needs have been fulfilled. The scripture had to be fulfilled because the word of God cannot be broken. 
which was spoken by the Holy Ghost the Holy Ghost through David let's get the Holy Ghost to lead us again what happens can David, you truly say that the action you've committed recently things you've gone that the things you participated in that the Holy Ghost told you to do that or you just assumed it was a good idea West Coast to me wasn't a good idea God told me come home We're not talking about good ideas, by the Spirit of God. So when he said, bring the people in the town, how was I supposed to know that he was setting me up for the bishopry, for conventions? You can know one thing that God is leading you out of Egypt. But you may not know till you get to the Red Sea that he'll open water. So some of you have not got to the place where you need God to open the water, really open the water. Because right now you got a few little boats you're depending on. You got something else that's, that you, you figure you can work this out. So you've been able to work out your life. But you haven't got to the place where there is no alternative but God and when we got here and we didn't have anything nobody would lend us money and the Lord said do you remember the meeting were you there at that meeting when God told us over at Sister Simon's church we all got together and we came together and you remember or that's before you who 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 The Grand Slam. Yeah, yeah, I was there then. Yes. Huh? Yes. And yes. and we had all these preachers jumping up, all those, everybody else, and I had, and I had not told them nope. that the bank told us no. <laughs> everybody was shouting. They were yeah. tag team preaching. And Sister yeah. Simon, God bless her, she let us use a church, and we did that. And the Lord said, "Preach tonight, Grand Slam." Well, see, I did not know the baseball terminology. So I looked it up. All bases loaded. Which means if you miss, everybody's out. Because three strikes. The Lord said, you have a grand slam. That's when you hit a home run. And you bring everybody in, including yourself. We. We. That's the grand slam. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And so he told us, you have a grand slam. Uh -huh. And the man told us, no. Guess what happened? After all that preaching, jump across pews, men and women, yeah. the spirit got broken. Mm -hmm. And I said, God says, what you, what you? He said, there's, gonna, there's a grand slam. And we came into this building. All that's part. Now, you need to always remember your history. Because a lot of you right now, all your bases have been loaded. All of them. And you don't see a way out of this and you know if you make a strike now, you're out. So now he brought us to remember and we come to this scripture. Men and brethren, this scripture must needs have been fulfilled which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas which was a guide to them that took Jesus. Judas was a guide to them 
they took Jesus. Ever listened to that before? Now, if you didn't get it before, just, you know, I did not consider it. That's why, be honest, I, I did not consider that. Judas was a guy. You may have understood the story, but you didn't understand to say it like that. Like Susan told me, I kept talking about the we the king spoke of in Ghana. And she said, that's always been West Coast. You know, West Coast begins with we. I have never thought of that. He told me to call it West Coast. I, but she said, West Coast begins with we. Never considered it. Judas was a guy to them that took Jesus. To them that took Jesus. Sometimes you didn't take him. You guided people to him. People have guided folk to hurt you. Then they come back and say, I didn't do anything. You guided them. Read. For he was numbered with us. He was numbered with us. And have attained a part of this ministry. That's the part the Spirit said to me today. He had obtained a part, part of what, this ministry. What, read, no, just read that word. Obtained part of this so ministry. So it's O-B-T-A-I-N-E-D. Yes. Judas had obtained, already had part of the ministry. When the Spirit spoke that to me today when I was coming out, coming to dedicate, and there are people who had obtained part of the ministry. God gave it to them. He could do the stuff just like he obtained it, but he instead took on an alternate role, although it was already described in the scripture, of what? Leading somebody to Jesus. So what does it say? Now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity, and falling headlong, he burst asunder in the midst. And, and so the church talked about it in that first meeting. This happened to us. We had a difficulty to occur. Judas had part of it. They knew him. He had been with them for three years, the length of the period. But something happened. So we have to review these things that we do because sometimes people have every intent and think that things are going well, but they have something else in their minds. What do you think about when you think about Roundup? It's a time when we, historically, when a lot of people came from a lot of different churches to be with us. Uh, you used to say, um, God is taking us another round up and another round up and another round up. And they came to be with us going around up. Mm -hmm. and, and we were just being in fellowship with all people because it was our duty to take care of those who were invited. So it kept us with the spirit of hospitality. And Christ told us, don't forget to be hospitable. And now when you ask some people about their cars. All, all those people used to live in our homes. 
right. Yeah. Because we had served. But now a lot of us have our homes that no one has stayed in. Cars that nobody has taken a ride in. And so we come at this time. Did I invite the other people to come in and speak to you concerning it? No. You need to speak to yourselves. You need to see what's inside each one of you. Because you're underestimated. So we have to see who we are. See who we are together. Think about it. So when you think about dedication, what do you think about? This was a, a place that you could come and hear the true word of God. And during the time that I first came around the ministry, people were hungry for the word. They wanted to know what thus saith the Lord. And the experience of being in the roundup was so unique because uh, Reverend Chester's was, was one of the first homes that I stayed in when I used to come down and the conversations that were going after service at breakfast during the day helped you to get more clarity of what God was saying in the services how God was dealing with people the different testimonies that people had that you didn't hear in the service but you heard in the homes it left a lasting impact upon your life because you were I guess the best way I can, I can say it is you were worded. <laughs> May I ask a question here? So you say you stayed at Reverend Chester's home. That was your first time. Yes, he stayed stayed at the town. It was yeah, Church Street. Church Street. It, my my way I'm going is this. What year was that? Probably eighty two, eighty. And why do you still remember it? That's where I'm going. Why do you still remember 82, 92, 2002, 2012, 2017? What do we have? How many years now? 35 years. And you're still remembering a first day, a lasting impression. First impression is a lasting impression. Roundup 44, are we still making lasting impressions? Yeah, because one, one of the things that really grabs you is nobody knew me. I was from Alabama, uh, a college student, and I had never been to Sarasota before, but people were warm, friendly, kind, generous, and, 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 uh, it just engulfs you. When I think of your love, when your love falls on me real strong, mm -hmm. he housed the West Coast ministry. He housed it so that from here we could reach the rest of the world. He told us that back then. I'm going to give you a place to house, to work from. So that's what we, it was a, it's the house of God. A pillar and a ground of truth. That's what he's described to you just now. Word. So you have truth being manifested. So 
32 years you remember that and and what what was your impression if you were at the were you at the dedication first one yes what happened I was impressed with all that God had given to us especially and yes I remember being on the other side and being scared to go upstairs. I remember being scared to even just turn on the lights and we were like, somebody would jump out from behind the thing and go, oh, and we would go, ah, you know, but it was so big to us. This place was huge. Uh, what did I remember about the dedication? Was uh, that what do you this, remember for the life of this? Was that the church was packed? Oh my gosh, so it, many did, people. How did it get packed? Because we came from everywhere. Why? Because we wanted to be in on what God How was would you doing know here. You want to come? Because it was during that time that I was coming in every weekend, you know. I was driving in from Cluiston because I wanted to be here. How did you know? How did I know? I had been touched in college you through were, this ministry. You were invited. Totally, I was. Yeah, and I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> People don't feel invited. Oh, that's where you're going. Okay. They don't feel invited. I, a man came by. He saw me in a Kappa meeting. They asked me to speak in Bradenton. And he said, I've been looking for you and looking for you. He said, I was in prison. You came to see me. He says, and I think he says it was a Muslim. But he said, you came to see me. And I have been looking for you. I said, we're right at 403 North Washington Boulevard. This was like four years, four or five years ago. And he said, Fold, he said, I worked out on Washington Boulevard. He says, where is that? I said, there's a car lot. And then there's a church. He said, that's where you are? I've been passing by that building all the time. And I wouldn't know you were there. I said, hmm, with that big West Coast I from, with that sign on the billboards we have, 42,000 cars pass by here every day. I think it's 42, up with the 42,000 people pass by our door every day. So how would he know? Because you knew in Clewiston, but not because you were passing by the building. No, it was because I wanted to be a part too, though. I wanted to be a part of what God was doing here. So therefore, it was not a hard trick for me to get here. Though it was a long way to get here, but it was not hard for me. What do you call a long way? Because it was what a three and a, three and a half drive. Three and a half hour drive. That's correct. And so you did that drive. I did that drive. And so we have people who live right around the street who won't come. By myself, I did that drive to okay. come. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that sounds like, to me, that sounds like you're pulling those three bags, four bags down the streets of New York City. Mm -hmm. That's the same spirit. Yeah. Whatever you went through from the beginning. Mm -hmm. If God told you to be humble, you better watch out for it because mm -hmm. something's going to come up. If he told you why you call me Lord, Lord, you won't do the thing I say, you got to listen because it's probably going to be something else he's going to say. Mm -hmm. So you felt, you felt that I felt that pull to want to be here. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, I would pack my car. But did you feel on welcome? Friday. I, oh, definitely. Because it, it was that kind of thing. You know, Jan Swain opened her doors to me when I first moved to the city. 
Oh, and what happened yes. with Jan Swain? Jan Swain would let me come in on the weekends and be at her home and the clocks. And I was between those two homes when I would come in on the weekend. But Jan would get up on in the mornings and cook breakfast for me before she went to work and made sure that my room was all ready when I got here. It was such a joy mm -hmm. to be with Jan when I got here okay. in the city. All right. Uh -huh. Now, and then when I moved I, to the I, city, I, I, I just like to ask a little question, just a survey here. How many of you ever heard that before? How many of you ever heard that testimony before? No. One. Now, see, you see, we, mm -hmm. you you got to talk. We assume a lot, and you've got all these. We have this treasure. Where? In our earthen vessels. You are the treasure chest. But I do, must, we com, must we remind you of who you really are? You are the treasure chest. How did you feel about this whole thing, Angela? About the roundup? About the roundup about, and, and, and the dedication that we oh. actually had a West Coast building. Oh, I was so excited. Ever since I became a part of this ministry, God has always made it so exciting that you really wanted to be there and be a part no matter what was going on in your life what do you mean God made it exciting when I came to the services it was something that was going on on the inside my spirit man wanted to be here I was fed something different every time I came it made my life so much better. So more that I wanted to share with other people that Jesus can change your life no matter what age you are, no matter where you are, that he can change your life. And that's what God did on the inside of me. And he's still doing that. Okay, I just like to ask the question now. People are looking at you and they only know the present moment. So how old were you when this was happening? I was 16 years old when I came to this ministry. Okay. And so a 16-year-old took an interest in the things that the church was doing. Yes, and I was going to church all my life. But when I saw West Coast at Booker High School, I saw these young people that had something that I didn't have. And I, I, I knew the Holy uh Father, Son, and Holy Ghost in going to the Baptist church, but the Holy Spirit coming to live on the inside of you, that was something different and something new. Okay, so I'm getting to this point okay. of asking, since we know there was no division, so there was what we wouldn't call a generation gap. Mm -hmm. although I was one of the oldest people at the time and I wasn't that old mm -hmm. but we saw something happen in people's lives we should be able to stir that up again the same way but people have to consider because we don't want to as Judas be part of something yeah. have obtained the ministry and yet lose it having obtained it but since you talked about 16 let me just move this over just a minute to her because you came at this early age, so we don't we don't know what's in your mind. I was ten years old. Um, 
My eldest sister, Juliet Cooper, was experienced, she had the experience of the community choir when she came along. And prayer, she was praying in our house. We lived at 2122 Dix Avenue, the project here in Sarasota, Florida. And she was in the, you can look straight from the hallway to the uh, going to the restroom. And I heard her praying. And that prayer is what drew me to ask her, I said, I saw you praying, but I didn't know who you were praying to. Okay, well, why, why was she praying? What, how was she well, getting she involved with learned, this? She had learned from the uh, community choir that there was more than just going to church. She sang the song. Over my head. Over my head, I, I hear, hear music, music in the in air. It. Yes. And people like to see their children participate yes. in things. Yes. And the people will come because of their children. Yes. And if we forget children and say, I don't want to be fooled around with these children, you're also missing your future because they won't come. Yes. And then they'll get lost. Over my head, I hear music in there, and the parents will come because of the children. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that drew me, and I told her, I want whatever it is. It drew me. She didn't call me. I heard her praying, and I never got to go into the restroom, and so I knew that was a guide from now I know that that was God drawing me. Okay, how did you feel when West Coast gets his own building? I was, I, I felt really good because I participated in going out to help to raise the funds at a young age. Sometimes we baked the cookies in my grandmother's house, bagged the cookies, went to sell the cookies and even when we didn't some people just gave us the money mm -hmm. let, let, let's, let's, let's go to Miss Catherine your grandmama yes, yes. Miss Catherine yes, Jones Miss Catherine Jones let's go to her and um, when we talk about her she asked me in 1980 at the dedication 82 she said, Henry, give me a copy of that mortgage you burned. Yes. Miss Catherine Jones. Yes. They, when they said, she and her sister said, Brother Porter can help everybody. He can help. She said, well, Henry can't help everybody. And she said, now don't me, read me wrong. I'm right. not saying he doesn't have power. No. She, she said, everybody don't want his help. That's right. That's what she said, That's told them when they said. were little girls. Yes. But then in 1982, when we paid off the building after we had a dedication and we had, you know, we did everything on the 18th. That's why we met, we meet tonight for the same reason. Yes. She asked for that. She said, I just want to take it to some people. Give me a copy of that because we've been trying to pay off a van at our church. And we couldn't pay off the van. She wasn't saying they couldn't. She, somehow people lost it. She said, you all have paid off a building. It's $450,000, but you paid it off in two years. Yes. And saying, we're still trying to pay on the van for four. What she was saying, Miss Jones. Yes. Miss Catherine, I called her. So what she was trying to say to us, she said, if they could stir up the people again all over. So West Coast was about West Coast, the whole West Coast of Florida. Yes. To stir up people, to they could see what they could do because we were doing what we were doing. We are non-competitive. Right. 
West Coast, West Coast. is non-competitive. No, it's we. It's we. And so we join in to help other people to see what they could do. Yes. So if showing, showing them a copy of our mortgage that was burned would help them to pay off a van, give them the copy of the mortgage. We yes. burned it in the container here in the church. Yes. Yes. We burned that thing. Yes. That's what makes a big difference. Now, Ruby, you didn't come at the same time that these came. These were young, the, the younger ones came. What happened with you with this thing? I was 28 years of age mm -hmm. when I came to this work. And the amazing thing, um, I was living in an apartment at the corner of 41 and Palm Avenue, mm -hmm. me and my son, mm -hmm. a single mother. Martin was about five years old, I guess. And I heard the ministry singing on a radio station in Sarasota. WQSR and WQSA. Ted Rogers asked us to come on that radio station, and he asked us in 1973 when I was teaching at Florida A&M, he had heard about our choir, and he asked, would, he said, would you care to do a radio broadcast? It was free of charge, because he felt that the community needed that, because West Coast is we. I'm a witness. Mm -hmm. Community needed it. Uh -huh. And so so how did you feel? Were you here at that dedication or when we had the building? Yes, I was okay. here in 1980. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, that was one of the most magnificent times of my life because I had been meeting in the old office. I knew what it was to be in the office and how much fun we had, even though we were very close it was real nice, you know, to feel the love because that was one of the things that really drew me was the love that I felt. And when we moved into this building, it was like, whoa, we got a lot of space. But guess what? The love and the warmth was still there. It was exciting. Yeah, see, the small building gave you the feeling of compactness, if we can learn. It was compact, so it put everything in a small space, so you feel close because the area is close. But if you are close, you would really know, and the challenge would be if you get in a larger place and you can still do that and still feel that. Yes. Then you understand that the compactness or the smallness of the space was not dominant in your love for one another. That's the way that works. Yeah, that's but the way it, I feel. Yeah, yeah. And so if we can keep on making this thing happen, but we've got to talk, you've got to say something to each other. Then those who love the Lord spoke often among themselves. If you stop doing that, they're studying now. There's a study, it even was on television channel for the local station. And it said, one doctor was saying, we've got to see people because they say now all they talk about is their children what their children are doing and what their grandchildren are doing. So they said, when we sit down, we realize we don't have a life outside of that. And said, if anything, when our children will go off, say, we feel really lost because we're not keeping our lives going. Then he said, I had some 80-year-olds who came in, and the 80-year-olds saying, all we have is our friends who are 80, and we don't know any young people. So then you find yourself isolated when a community is weak. So it, what you've got to do is care for everybody. He said, then you shall tell it to generations following, which he connects every generation. And that's how great connects with great, connects with great, connects with great. And you have great things that God has done. It makes a difference when things happen. Like, oh, and Charles, well, what about you and um, this West Coast experience of the dedication? Well, dedication reminds me of 
my past, like I said, caused me to reflect. And I was just thinking it was on April 20th, 1979, when I stepped into a McCarty Auditorium at the University of Florida. I did not know what to expect. And I was baffled because everybody was coming up to me glad to see me. And I didn't know any of these people. And they were glad to see you. They were glad to see me. I was trying to figure that out. Miami's not like that generally where I was from. So as I sat through the service, it, to me it felt like God just came to see about me. And when you made the altar call, I, I stepped out in the aisle and someone came up behind me and my life changed. I mean, it kind of blew up. It reminded me of uh, your poem that says, uh, Joy Unlimited, like something blew up because the next day, they were going to Eatonville, and it just was gone. I was just gone. I was, the next day I went to Eatonville, I saw things I never saw before. I mm. was like, saw the saints praising God. I was like, wow, this is good. And this was completely foreign to was, the type of relationships you'd had from your church experience, because yes. you were raised um, Episcopalian. He was Episcopalian. So this was completely different from what you had experienced. Completely different. And it's not that you had more or less it's that you have a different type of experience that embraces uh, where you were from and could connect you where you needed to belong or what you needed to be around Cause sometimes I used to tell them to stop them all the time especially the universities they say well I was at such and such church I was at the Baptist I was at the Methodist I said stop you never would have even embraced this had you not had that training yes. it's harder I said, but it's the grace of God that has brought us all safe to us. Well, thank God for everybody who's had a party. Because we, we then being workers together. together with him. We. See <laughs> We, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. We then being workers together with him. Beseech you that you take not the grace of God in vain. Giving no offense. In anything. So that the, the ministry is not blamed. So why blame the ministry for things we're going through? So that's the way it can happen. But then uh, Elaine is sitting here, and in the process, there are things that can happen in your life. Elaine is a charter member. Uh, from the very beginning, the first one to come up was singing in the group. They were young girls, but singing in the group, never figuring it had that kind of effect. Elaine, how did you feel when West Coast had its own building? Which this is the dedication we're talking about, the dedication in the wonderful, building. Wonderful, wonderful, mm -hmm. wonderful thing that we were coming into what God had promised us and um, to come in and, and have that and see that come into existence and to be a part of that and to hear the word and see it manifested was, um, it was encouraging to me. Mm -hmm. So what do you feel about these kids from Sarasota? You had been, were you raised, I know your family came in from Chicago. Came in from Chicago. And uh, your father had originally been in Sarasota. Your mother was originally from this area. Well, my, my, grandma, my grandmother but was the, the mother of Hearst, Hearst Chapel. Chapel. Yeah, the deaconess. And we came to uh, uh -huh. meet my grandmother. Miss, Miss uh, Mrs. El Evelyn Williams. Evelyn Williams, mm -hmm, I know. She's my godmother, Rosalie's sister. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, and all of them, Ethel Chairs, part of that family, all of them. So, what to tell me, tell me, um, 
Uh, so how did you feel that these kids that have been raised around West Coast that you actually get your building in Sarasota? So we can't ever let the awe of that that God gave us our own land. People have a tendency. It's okay to clap. Thank you so much. <laughs> Got to learn how to praise him. We want to wait to church where somebody said, lift your hands and praise him. Everybody praise him. We get caught in that thing. Uh-huh. But I've learned to, to, that it's important to, um, in all things, give thanks. In all things, give thanks. But it was, it was, it was um, people have a tendency sometimes to put limitations because of age and, mm-hmm. and all. And that's why I said it was encouraging because we began singing songs that were popular that said, I'm a witness, God saves the young. And West Coast was that manifestation of that. Mm-hmm. That God I'm a witness, God saves the young. 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 And, God and you can be happy too. If you just believe, you can be happy too. If you just believe. That's what it takes. That's what it takes. Believing. Yeah. Believing that God's word is true because it's him doing the work. He did the whole thing for us. So we celebrate by talking in the dedication. We shall remember all the way that the Lord brought us. And he says, these 40 years. And he was talking to the people who were living then were the ones who were 19 years old when he's led them out. They had been in the wilderness 40 years. So you need somebody who's still here. Any 40 year old people, 40 year people here. Any 40 years. 40 years. You've been here 40 years. And I don't see the hands. Yeah, 40. Then, then the 40 year folk since you you must be the the tellers of the story and you have a story to tell you have a story to tell and what is that story Brenda oh I'm very happy to be here and the dedication brings just as much to me as it would anybody because when I came was in 1977 and at that time I was very sad depressed young lady with three kids living with my boyfriend and on drugs and I remember one late morning, a girl came to school saying, Brother Porter in town, he's going to have a concert. I, I didn't know nothing about no concert. I hadn't been going to no church. I didn't even own a dress. But something inside of me said, I want to go. So she came to pick me up that evening. I'm not going to make this no long story. Y'all already know it. But the thing is so important to me is that my whole life was changed. From smoking marijuana to function, Smoking marijuana to go to sleep, smoking marijuana to wake up. Just, just waking up with Jesus. And when he was singing that song about the morning, when, I go, when, the, when the morning, when you wake up. I wake up, up the, on the morning rain. Okay, I said, that's me. That's me. When he just fall on me. When I woke up that morning, the, the flowers meant something to me then. First time in my life I heard the birds singing. Uh. It was awesome. It was awesome. And then I was sitting right there, and I remember, but you know I forget something, but I remember sitting right there the first time I was up there on that stage. And I remember that I had gotten saved, probably was saved for about a year. And I came here 
to one of these special services and the people knew my name. And I remember Brother Bishop saying, who is Brenda? Everybody keeps talking about Brenda and I said to myself, well, that's me, these people don't know me. But one thing I know about this we thing, once you come in here, you're part of the we. You're part of the we. That's, that makes all the difference in the world. And it's if you don't know how to hold things together, you can take a good thing. That's the scripture there with Judas. He was part of it. The Bible say he obtained. And so you can be part of something and not know how to keep it. You know that because you lost so much of your money and stuff that was yours, houses that was yours and you lost it. So you know you can have something and not maintain it. So this is the same way with ministry. If you don't know what makes you, you can bring about changes too quick. And if you say something to people too quick, they don't know how to react. It has nothing to do with you. It has to do with their rate of change. We teach that in calculus. The rate of change. And you can change things too quick and you take people to shock. Then they just don't know how to respond to you. And they're thinking that you're taking everything that's dear to them. So you have to understand that. So when we came, they told us, we will not sell this church. This church has always been to such and such and such. We will not. And we could not conflict with that feeling. But then they said, the deacons and all said, well, we have to sell it. We cannot maintain this building. But we couldn't have the people feel like we were taking something that they valued. That was theirs and on this corner for how long? So they felt like it would say something about them, their loss. It would speak a loss rather than a gain that you're now going to a, another place in a neighborhood where people can attend and not taking something. So we sometimes do that to people. The rate of change is too quick. So you have to do something that makes people feel still part of it and not broken. That's what happens to our communities with gentrification. You take the community and the people feel like you've taken everything we have. And then there are people who get pushed who don't know how to deal with it. We don't even know how to deal with it. Some of us who are going through Social Security and Medicare, you haven't known how to do stuff and it's new thought. So with Judas, Judas, had, they had never embraced that. And he had obtained something but didn't know he was also fulfillment of the scripture. He just didn't have it in him to maintain it. So things will happen. How would you feel, uh, uh, Reverend Campbell, Attorney Campbell? And, and being able to appreciate what God had done for us, because I was there uh, when we were talking about getting the building. We had not had a building before. And now you're all excited because we think that the loan has come through. And then, you know, all this wonderful preaching and everybody shouting and everybody, well, just wonderful. And then when he says, it didn't come through, well, what are we supposed to do? You know, because we were not, we were not the kind of people that we had these large bank accounts that we could just go to our bank accounts and pull out money. We didn't have the professional type jobs that our types would be sufficient that we could go ahead and, and secure a building. So what are we going to do? And most of these folks were students still in school. And then he's saying, you know, God said, Grand Slam, go forth. Go forth and do what? But he told us the manna was out on the ground. On the ground. They did say that. And he said, go, go forth and get the manna. And 
and we'd already been taught, you know, one of the first things we'd been taught was that somehow God was real and God was moving in this place with these people because that's the thing that fascinated me so much because I was there in Gainesville and they say God is real and I was like, I've heard God is real but I don't really know but I met some people that they talked it, they breathed it, they live that God is real and God will direct your life. And now God was saying, okay, it's time to get a building. And what I understood was that the building had a balloon mortgage on it. Yeah. That if we didn't pay a certain amount by a certain time, we would lose this building. But he has said us that, oh, we can do this, we can do this, we can do this. And we began to do this. And then when you see, because he said, effort project. What world is effort project? New word, new so, concept, new horizons. New horizons. Mm -hmm. And so the idea came with effort project, effort projects. And so I, and I, I wanted to have me a little effort project. And I kept saying, oh, God, 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 God. I, I just need a wonderful ideal that I can maybe raise some money. I need an ideal. I need an ideal. And I would hear him say, you know, well, let's have a talk people up. That, that's not a good ideal. Jesus, give me a good ideal. <laughs> a, a good ideal so I can raise money. <laughs> he said, you know, have a talk people up day. A good ideal, Jesus. And then after a while, you realize, why does the same ideal keep coming to you, keep coming to you? And so, of course, my effort project was, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and have a talk people up there. I'm going to sell T-shirts and all the rest of this because we were, already, we were already doing roadblocks. You know, we were selling cookies, anything that we could do to make it come in. And so we weren't looking for this great amount to come at one time. But we were getting it slowly and, and, and coming in monthly and monthly and monthly. And then to know when that day came that we were in this church and dedicating this church, knowing that we, with, with the seeming limited amount of money that we had, that we were able to do this. And the reason we were able to do this was because we had the kind of leadership. We had a person that would make you feel like you could do anything. You could go beyond yourself. I don't care what your limitations had been. Oh, you could do it. Well, well I'll tell you something now. A lot of people now have people who talk to them and say they can do it. Mm -hmm. the, the, what makes a difference is that you must believe the prophet. See, see, what happens when people start not believing the prophet, things don't happen for you. Mm -hmm. Believe the prophet, mm -hmm. so shall you prosper. Mm -hmm. So people don't believe it anymore. Mm -hmm. If you tell them, go do this, uh, uh, take a stick and put it in the water, they believe in that. Mm -hmm. God sees that because that faith is through God. Mm -hmm. But God said, just believe him because I sent him. So it's really believing God. And God says you should be established. But there are people who say they let someone break their faith. So they've been wanting a, a child or so, but they don't believe in the prophet. They believe mm -hmm. God's going to give them a child, but they don't believe in the one that God said he's going to give it through. Mm -hmm. One brother said one time God was going to give him a child. He said, well, I'm not going to go. And he didn't go home and do anything because he said he didn't want to believe me. So never happened. Then his wife said, well, you know, if, you, if, you, if we just go and do what he said, we're going to have it. They had the baby. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. See, because sometimes we want things, but we don't want it the way God says it. Believe his prophet, mm -hmm. so shall you prosper. Mm -hmm. You can argue all you want to, and I don't think I need to do such and such. I've heard a lot of young folks say that, everything else. I was 26 years old when God said, have a roundup. And I believed it and rented the building to do it. Went in and asked. Then we kept doing that because he said, bring the people in. Mm -hmm. Talk people up. Mm -hmm. Because God knows what people need. Mm -hmm. So if he says, talk them up, mm -hmm. he needed them talked up out of the dungeon. Mm -hmm. Talked up out of slavery. Talked up out of sickness. Talked up out of doubt. Mm -hmm. Talked up out of situations that held them down. Talked up to education. Mm -hmm. Talked up to success. So he said, talk them up. It was prophetic. And if you believe the prophet, you prosper. Give them a big hand, everybody. I've got on this side. My name is Yvette German. And what happened with you, Yvette? I came to the ministry not, I can't say that I walked past the church or anything like that. It was an ad in the paper where they were asking for those that wanted to participate in the community gospel choir to come to this rehearsal. So then um, my twin sister and I, Yvonne, attended the community gospel chorus rehearsal and from there we began to get the word and it drew us and we stayed and God blessed us and I've now been with the ministry now for over 46 years. Mm -hmm. She was the one that brought us to South Carolina. That's where you live, right? Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, yes. And so we may feel in some way, and that's why I say you keep the unity of whatever you're doing. You, you got the movement of what we're doing, so keep the unity, keep the oneness. As long as you keep the oneness, it'll flow. The... Um, we went to Mount Pleasant, then to Charlotte, not Charlotte, Charleston. Charleston, yes. All those places, all that meant something. But you have to go back and think about it and consider what actually went on. Because we went to that area and we heard, I stand, I stand upon the rock. I stand, I stand upon the rock. All that's part of it. I stand upon the rock. She was up there. She had gone from home. She was in a place that was a str strange to her. So what did she do? I was, as you stated. Yeah, well, she was strange. And moved there. And so what I wanted to do was introduce the people to West Coast to share the words. So I invited West Coast to come to where no, I was. No, no, That's what people were getting. Because this roundup, the roundup is strengthened the, mate, the more you go out the more you go out the more you have to round up round up means to assemble so God said round the people up that's what we call it by the name round up you know some people say I'm not going to come to one cause to the sound like people rounding up cattle for something I'm not no cow so you can say whatever but people have their own ideas but it's about assembling that's a lack of vocabulary. Roundup means to assemble. 
like they round up people for in the hunt or they round up people for to do great wonders and signs so God took us to round up to round up means to assemble so he says bring all those in that you went out to so if you start doing that think about it you got more people you go out to than you have into where you are Because when you went out and you ministered over there, you ministered 250 people. So if you invite them, you may get 100 of those. Then you went and ministered somewhere else and you had 150 and 50 of those would come and you went somewhere else. So the more you round up, the more you go out, the more you round up. So she brought us to Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. Then we started knowing people and people started coming to the meetings and all. Then we went to that place, a uh, little Baptist church. Friendship Baptist Friendship Church. Friendship and... Um, AME. Oh, was it AME Church? Yes. Okay, that was uh, where? Um, that was in Mount Pleasant. That's in Mount Pleasant. Yes. But then in, in, in Charleston, we went to a little Baptist church. That I can't... I have to stand upon the rock, can You remember that? Yeah. Huh? It had wooden floors, and we were like, boom, 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 boom. Oh, and that young man was just stumping. I remember the young guy, Dawson guy was in there. I don't, we didn't have film. We weren't filming then. All this is on tape. And we have all these things on tape. But watch what you said. I went and I was a stranger in the land. So I brought my friends in so that they could befriend the people. And they come. That's the whole thing. That's what you do. That's what you do. So that's what she can do. Go and what? Bring others in. That's what you do. That's what you do. Jan, you're here. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah. And tell me, what do you, what do you recall in this round? Well, I guess, I guess the round didn't start until we bought this building. But I was saved 40 years ago in your Christmas services at Booker Auditorium in 1977. Okay, 77? That's where I met you, December 77. Okay, then my, my boy was just being born, Henry. Mm, okay, he's 40. Yeah. He's the same age as Krista, so it was a little before that then. Yeah, okay. Okay, 76, because Krista was born in 77, so December 76. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I got married. So that wasn't a roundup, though. That was your December celebration. Okay, but we always had a Christmas concert. Always had Christmas. Uh, because the people wanted to be celebratory, and we had something to help them celebrate. You had a series of services. I mean, if you're Macy's, you sell your toys. Because I missed Thanksgiving. Yeah. Okay. And and I couldn't wait to, to, to find... I wanted to give my life to Christ, but I, I, need, I wanted to do it in this ministry, mm. even though I didn't know you. Because well, I had heard okay. what you taught, and I had heard what you practiced, and I had heard about the young people, and I had heard about the music, you here? and I had heard about the, sa the salvation and deliverance for people, and I heard about life-changing experiences through someone I worked with. So, faith came by hearing. Yes. Okay, and that by the word of God. Amen. And then you desired it because you heard about it. I came here searching for that. I came from New York searching for that, having no idea where to find it or that it, I knew that it existed from a book I'd read. Okay. So I was looking for it. All right. 
And when um, she talked about it, I said, that's where I need to go. I need, mm. I need to find out how do you find that God? I want to connect with that God, the one that, 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 that teaches practical Christian living. This is not something we just go to church and hear about and go home and do whatever we want to do. I was looking for the one that had a discipline, had purpose, had meaning, had something to do with Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And she talked about that God. And she said, you have to go hear this man of God. You have to come. And she invited me at Thanksgiving, and I chickened out. Mm -hmm. I didn't come because I was afraid of where I was going. Okay, that stops and, us sometimes. And so I didn't come, and then I just lamented, but actually anxiously waited for December. I can hear that. Afraid of being alone. And left in a cold despair. I just needed to know somebody really cared. And there's nothing gonna hold me back. There's nothing gonna hold me back. There's nothing hold me back. There's nothing gonna hold me back. And that's that thing you said. See that interest. And that's what we have to put. The people can't be afraid to come where you are. She said, I chicken out. Listen to the testimony. This is the we. I chicken out because of the place it was being held. But then that next time it was held a different thing. I've been watching from the sidelines long enough. Missing out on everything while the saints are having. Going in my direction, a direction from the world I wanted to turn. Afraid of being alone and left in a cold despair. I just needed to know somebody really can't. There's nothing gonna hold me back. Now, that. Jim came on Thanksgiving. Okay. And came home talking about it. And came home talking about but it. But there was no service until December. But there was not another service. That you know, I knew about. You, well, you know, we only did services once a month once in Sarasota. Month. So when people say, oh, I, I, I wasn't at the service. Look, we had one service in Sarasota once a month. Once a month. It was at 2 o'clock. I had a service at the book auditorium from 2 to about 4 because we had 6. We had to get out because they had the time. And we came to that service and we did one service in Sarasota on the 4th or the 2nd Sunday. Then we did one in Tallahassee. Then we did, the rest of the ones we did traveling around. But we didn't offer but one service in Sarasota that had no building. And so now when we come, I expect the folk to show. But you know what? You won't get anything if you don't believe. No. When she came expecting, she told you what happened to her. She found what she came from New York looking for. Now, I think that's a marvelous testimony. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jim. And we have here Valley Crum. Hey, Valley. Hi. Okay. What about the what you remember about our dedication here? I remember being so excited. I'm originally from Tampa, Florida, and that's where I met the ministry in Tampa, Florida, uh, at a church that I was attending. And you preached, "Why won't this tick tocking and this click clocking stop?" Oh. I remember that. 
that sermon stuck with me. And I watched you and I watched all the young people with you. And I knew from that moment that that was what I needed and that was what I was looking for in my life. I knew it was God, someone who would love me regardless to what I had done or what I would do, who will always be there for me. Or what you had not done. Or what I had not done. <laughs> yes. And so that word captured me. So from that moment on, as often as I could get to where West Coast was, I did. I made the effort to get there. And then so when we attained the church, I did my part, effort projects in Tampa, doing uh, roadblocks in Tampa as well, and also coming up here to Sarasota and going out with the team to do some. I am a baker. I bake. And so I would bake. We would do the uh, cookies and bake them and go out and sell. And I had my own thing. I would bake pie, cakes and pies. I didn't have a car. But I would get on the bus with my goods and take them to the job. Well, listen to that. I get on the bus mm -hmm. and I take my goods because mm -hmm. I had an effort project. Yes. So you do that now? You get on the bus and just... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do that. No, no. See, that's why we have to tell our stories. Did you all know she did that? That see, and so if we don't know it and we're in the house, the world doesn't know it. Hmm? Who's to say they got Sarah Lee pies up in the place? They got everybody else stuff. Who's to say? But if people don't know. Like Jan just told us, if people don't know, how would they know? She said, but she told me about it, and she heard and said, that's the God I want. That's what I want. I want a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, not just Sunday. So look at all the power you have. You're powerful, people. You're powerful. Yeah, God called you because you have purpose. And that made you just all these years. So if I may ask, so how old were you back then? I was 19. She was a 19-year-old young woman. 19 years old. Now a dedicated teacher at the West Coast School. Yes. <laughs> I'm overwhelmed at your greatness. But he said to me, because I was sitting down trying to figure, what do I do? He says, you need to talk. Reacquaint yourself with him. Reacquaint. Remember that Job said that? Reacquaint yourself with him. And the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus. The apostles gathered themselves unto Jesus and told him all things, both um, see lost that page and told them all things oh what they had done and what they had taught they gathered themselves to Jesus and said this is what we did remember they told Jesus we saw the we saw the, the devils obey our voice they came back to tell him they came back to tell him what they taught 
And so, so sometimes we come and we want to come to the church. We want to come to the roundup. We want to wait. Well, if you, when are you going to call the meeting to do such and such? Won't be doing that. Because somehow, and he says the apostles gather themselves, not the disciples. See, if you notice in Mark 6, it says the apostles. Thank you so much, Bailey. Powerful testimony. I'm glad to know that. And did you hear what she gave us a description of herself? She says, I am a baker. She said, I am a baker. She described herself. See what Dr. Tina the priest said the other day? I said, Tina, the maid. The maid was an occupation, not a description. And so you got to understand, she just told you who she is. I have a gift to do this. So how do we press that gift? Because if each one of us sold five pies for her, hmm, you'd have something. I was telling the young man, he, he was here. He did such a fine job on my car. I said, so what kind of job you want? Because you do such a fine job at that. There are a lot of cars around here. If you, if you washed them and, and waxed them like you did mine, I said, you could just be in the business of doing that. A lot of us, we think that our callings are hobbies. Okay. Hey, Glenn. How you doing, Brother Porter? Yeah, that's, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. Now, see, I like that. I see, when we came around, when I came around, it's Brother Porter. And uh, y'all talk about uh, bake sales uh, in Tallahassee. See, we were students. The age of Charles and Rinaldi, Mar Marvin, we were that age. I think y'all are younger than that, wasn't it? They 23 well, years old now. Yeah, well, okay. All right, well, a little younger. A little younger, yeah, I think but, but we were fired up. Because, 19 and yeah. 18, 19, right, 20. Right, right, uh -huh. right, right, because I got married when I was 28. But anyways, uh, coming out of Tallahassee, when I met the ministry, it was like nothing you had seen before. So I was so excited because, see, uh, the life I came from when you was in church, you just went to church because you went to see some young girls. The girls was in the church, joined the choir, couldn't sing, joined the choir. So when I met, so when I met. Because what you were interested in was in the choir. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, so when we got, when I got in Tallahassee, except the Christ in my life, all this was new. Didn't know, didn't never, never did hear the term anointing. All you knew, be baptized and join the church. So when I met West Coast and we started coming, uh, you didn't see them that often because they was always touring. So when they would, when the time of the roundup would come, uh, how holy the roundup would come, man, we would get in cars, change the cars, and we would just come. We would rush here, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't wait to get here. So excited. So when we st when when the roundup came. They were back from the tour. So now you had a chance to be that whole, we forsook Christmas being home in Jacksonville to be here at the Roundup because, okay, they're back in town now. We're gonna really, really, really hear and see and experience this real Jesus that we had never known before. 
you know, so so we would, to prepare, we would come, the round that we're doing the Christmas, we would say, hey, mom, and I would say, where are you guys, where, where are you going to be? We're in Sarasota, to the roundup. Everybody knew, every Christmas, roundup, that we were going to be in the roundup. So when it came to that, and raising money for the church, now, in Tallahassee, we was the number one group that would raise the most money. That's right. We were the pay setters. All right. Now, we were the pay setters. So we would raise money. We would raise money. When we found out what we had to raise for the, uh, for the um, building, oh, man, we went to work. We went to work while we was in college. We went to work. We, went, we, we, we did the bake sale. We did car washes. We did roadblocks to raise that money to make sure that we got this building. Because when we came down in this building, it was all blue. Everything, like you said, it was all blue. Seats were blue, carpet was blue. This place was so beautiful. It was our place. This was our place when we got here. So we were proud of that, and we wanted that. This is our house, This is our house. <laughs> <laughs> I like this you. This is our house. I like you, man. Because we came, we came from, we, we had come um, and drove, and we was at the office, but when we got the church, when we got this church, and then we heard that the roofs came down, and this was our, this was our house. And we did everything we could, and when we, and then I moved here in 81. When I came here in 81, we were going to not stop, let it stop, that we were not going to raise, we, we went on roadblocks, we formed teams to make sure we had the money to, to get this thing operated. We had, we went, on, we went and challenged each other. And we would say, who would go raise the most money? Because we wanted this thing, because we just knew West Coast would mm -hmm. be a household name. And we were part of this. Right. We were part of this. And you know, uh, when you just said that part, and, and we weren't staying, I wasn't staying home to, to preach nobody. I, I, we all, I was on the road. On the road. We were yeah. on the road all the time. Still with all of this, the, yeah. the time we did come home, you could see us Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And you can see it's at the summer concert. And when he came to Tallahassee, that bus would, roll, would ride up, would drive Once up. a month. Oh, my God. To see that bus drive up in Tallahassee, man, it did everything. You know, you were so excited. And the auditorium would be filled because we told the stories. Yes. And the same thing can happen. It can't ever think that people thought you lost, think that you lost your zeal, that they think it doesn't make a difference anymore. You've just taken things for granted. You've got to go and talk about it the same way you talked about it. Because I see it all the time with little children uh, and in Africa and other places. And the little kids, today I was telling the kids, I came up and I said, well, I'm going, don't go. I said, your teachers want to see you. I said, they love you. They want you back upstairs. Don't you leave. Take us with you. Because they feel that way. You have to, you have to show some enthusiasm. When you lose it and you start only thinking about yourself, you... You miss, help somebody else. Stop sitting there thinking just about yourself. You can help someone in need by the comfort you have received. And so that's a treasure. And if these treasures are not taught, we need to hear from the treasures. You know, y'all always want to hear from the treasury. So you need to hear from these treasures and you'll be rich.
You will. But you need to hear from the treasures. They've got all these things that you've heard tonight locked in. We'll take these last two. Now, now it was the roundup uh -huh. that Michael got here called. You knew I was coming. You were coming out to the roundup. You said swing by Daytona. Oh, really? You said swing by Daytona. Angie, and that's how you got Michael. <laughs> uh, well, look at here. <laughs> oh, look at this. Uh, Really? Okay, look, I, I okay. I'm, I'm unaware. That's why I said it takes weed. Because I, I, I just remember him from Daytona like that. But that's what happened. He swung by to pick you up. Him and Faye. Him and Faye picked me up. I was standing with my suitcase. I was out at almost on uh, uh, about two, three hundred yards from 95 in Daytona. And they came pick me up and brought me in June 3rd, 1983. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, you know, I, uh, I was in Daytona. I was going through a bad time in my head, and I, and I met the Lord Jesus. Somebody gave me a little green Bible. I read it. I cried. I believed. And my life changed like pow. I mean, the next day was entirely different and then I heard some music on the quad no I don't know whether I heard the music on the quad or whether I was sitting in class and there was an excitement there was a stirring at Bethune in my class and they were talking about uh, a brother Porter and how he had come I mean before the class started I was sitting there with my habit to be ready prepared and they were talking about you and you told John Smith, and he was notorious, that he, he's a preacher and he's going to be saved. It happened subsequently. And, and you know, as, as I've been going down through the years, I, I found out. But the thing is, you know, it, it was a staring. And I went in and I listened. I was about halfway in. And, uh, you know, for me it was like killing me softly with his song. You know, imitations as your life goes on and on. Imitations as you forget God's son. Imita imitations, uh, vanity of life. You don't know who you are without Christ, Christ in your in life. life. So, you know, Just it was really working on me. Yeah. Uh -huh. So I came up and, you know, to thank you. You know, I, I was unchurched. But you told me, you said, you know what? If you like chicken, you'll still like chicken. If you got saved, you like chicken. You'll still like chicken. <laughs> and if you like the color blue, you'll still like blue. God just takes out what's detrimental in your life, what's going to destroy you anyway. And I never forgot that. I came through subsequently. I saw all the young people from Daytona. We would come in, and it was like, whoa. I mean, standing at the station, ticket in my hand, and seeing all these young folks, and looking good, you know, looking good, the music good, the, 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 the message powerful. And when I got here, message powerful, I would have 12 pages of notes every night. And I mean, we were going long times, but I came in for help and I got that and more. You know what, what I came here for, I got it. All right, all right. But, but not only did I get it, I got, I got the cake of life. I call this the cake. If you know God, you got a relationship with God, you got a good spouse, and your children doing well. That's the cake. 
That's the cake. All right. All right. All right. Well, <laughs> got the cake. Got the cake and eat it too. Uh, yeah. You know, but but this is this is what we had to do when the Lord said uh, this thing because I you know so I do I bring in these speakers and all they're good everything's for his time but he said you all need to reacquaint yourself because this testimony I didn't know that standing on the highway see and this is what you have to do because the other younger people who were not born they don't know that was our method see they, they, they got friends but they don't know the methods of getting them in and what God gave us was the methodology of soul winning how to win people have a method about it be meticulous in your method A because we're communicating Glenn we got a guy down there in Daytona go by and pick him up and you arrange for people to do it because some people won't see possibilities till you show them what they are they won't ever see what they can really do until you show them what they are. Those, and so that possibility, because he always opened this house. Michael had this huge house. It was huge. Bigger than any houses we had been staying in. Uh -huh. I stayed there a couple of times. He was just so friendly. I see him on his bicycle. See, I remember him on the bicycle. He always wore, they rode that bicycle. He was very athletic. And he, he was and just a nice guy. But I didn't know he had a hunger like he just talked about. Because we didn't talk that region. I'm usually talking to people post-salvation. Sometimes I'm, I'm talking to people post-salvation and they hadn't been saved. Because I just assumed that they're enjoying it so much. Hell, But I remember that phrase. Yeah, if you like, if you like such and such, you still like it. Yeah, I, I remember that. I haven't used that in ages. Oh, but, 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 but that's good. That's, yeah. But at his home there and the people there and the people gathered. Now I remember that guy now you called Smith. I remember that was on that stage at the, was the White Auditorium? White Auditorium, Bethune, was it? White Hall. White Hall at Bethune-Cookman University. And this is what happens. And so other young people must rise up. They can't just expect us and report to jump on the plane all the time. I like jumping on it. But, you know, they, they asked me about a bus. I said, y'all get one. I said, now you got to understand. You got to have faith. Because if God give you a bus, he's got to give you a bus driver. And these guys can give you some people that want to ride on that bus. Because what you going to have a bus for and it just sits out in the yard. So you got to reclaim it again. And see the faith in it again. Alma, you go way back. So what about it to you? Okay, 1971 is when I came. And 71, 72, 73. The bus and the van did not move unless I was on it. I, I did travel all around all the state right. of Florida and Georgia. Now, I did some traveling. <laughs> I was on that bus. Oh, no, I, I was there. And I remember when I had no cares and no worries, I was on that bus and on that van. I went to the universities when you all was being saved and won. And by, when we was... Okay, uh, pull that rank, girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, I was there. <laughs> <laughs> now, okay. But I remember when we did the, they had the little gleaning cups, and we went out through the projects and through the neighborhood, and we would do our best to get whatever they gave us in the little tiny gleaning cups. 
and we all I always wanted to be a part and 75 I got married so we went to South Dakota and to Alaska and places then we had the first child in 76 and 77 we came back and I was in and out and out of town and I always wanted to be here but when I was in Miami I had to wait until the uh, high holy to come up that's the only time we came up but I was so excited when we got the building and I heard all about that I always wanted to be and I always to be always wanted that west coast experience here again after I had moved all those places so when I was able to come back and stay in this city that fulfilled my joy most because you always told us you can do better than this <laughs> but then you came and said do better than your best so we, I know I have no reason not to do my best but this is the best thing that has happened and this is where I want to be and this is what I love and I'm glad to be a part you have made me what I am this ministry and I'm so glad for it hmm. mm -hmm. so you were in Dakota South Dakota Rapid City, South Dakota. That's where you sent us. <laughs> uh, uh, that was the first stop. <laughs> Gerard was in the Air Force. And you were in okay. City, South Dakota. Then they sent us to Anchorage, Alaska. All the cold places. Yeah. <laughs> this is just you see, we have this treasure. In our earthen God, you have given us treasures. We thank you for this dedication. We thank you for this night of remembrance. Calling the testimonies, recalling the testimonies, inspiring others with our testimonies and springing forth with life for in your word there is life that springs unto more life thank you Lord Lord for the rivers of living water that are flowing in our being thank you for the spirit of truth and all of these witnesses for the Lord thank you dear father for how you moved upon the minds of others and you're still doing so here tonight Father, we will publish this word. We will tell the other generations of your loving grace. Thank you for this dedication. Thank you for giving us this building. Thank you for helping us to remove all debt. God, we don't want to pay any more bills. So God, I pray a prayer on your people that you'll so provide that they won't be the ones and bills but they shall have financial freedom and liberty and peace and be sustained and have sustainability I pray and I mock this people with the blessing of God I bless them in the name of Jesus as you call me to be a man of God and so father I mock them with the blessing of the Holy One I bless them in the name of Jesus the son of God now God let your blessings here for and now abide thank you 
for the sharing of these testimonies and for the great grace we feel in our hearts. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for filling us and reminding of us about the great love you gave us for one another. Hallelujah. We know we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. We know we passed. It's written in the word from death to life because we love the brethren. Out of all that we've gone through, no matter what we know, it was never enough wrong to make us not do right. We love the Lord. And we're grateful for what he's done. We are willing forgivers. Because God has made a change in our lives. I mean, not a mere modification. But the Lord has changed us. And we can do better than, than, than best we've done already. That testimony, they stir me. We have this treasure. I see why he said that in that book. We have these treasures in earthen vessels.